Welcome to the Death Kick Show. Let's go. Hey, yo! Hey. Oh, oh, oh. Here he comes. Y'all ready? I don't think y'all ready! Jeff Key coming at you, the over-circumcised Jew. Travel the world telling jokes, eating eggs with no fucking yolks. Low-cal, so-cal, he pulls out the knife and he stoops your gal. This is his podcast, maybe this one will last. Probably not the one that he's got. He's only had minor success. That's why he brought ND to the M to the X. He's finally about to blow. Welcome to the Jeff Key Show. What's up, everybody? Yeah, just drank a bottle of Yellowtail Cabernet. Gonna throw down a podcast because I have the time because I flew to Seattle and then I was supposed to go to Calgary and then we flew to Calgary and then the pilot said, fuck that, we're not gonna land, let's take you back to Seattle and now, long story short, I'm stuck in Seattle. But before we get to that, Got a couple things I want to talk about on the podcast. Uh, first of all, thank you guys so much for rating it five stars. I appreciate that. If you haven't yet, please just go on iTunes or is that where it is? Apple Podcasts? I don't even know. I'm so bad at this. And just click five stars. It's so easy. You don't have to leave a review. If you want to leave a review, it's great. And um, appreciate it. But just so fast, just do that. Gonna email me, it's the GK show. No, the Jeff Keith show at gmail.com. So couple of funny things, and then I'm going to get to why I'm stuck in Seattle. Why I'm stuck in Seattle, but also why it's not the end of the world, you know? I've got to keep it in perspective. Gotta note how you feel. Do you know something else I listen? Uh something else I listen. I'm sorry guys, I'm a little <laughs> into the line. Um, something I noticed, listen to me on 1.5 speed. I listen, when I listen back at my podcast, sometimes to see like, oh, like, how do I sound? 1.5 speed, I sound better. I talk slow. I'm a slow talker. I have a low heart rate. A lot of people don't know this. When I was in high school, I have a heart condition. So my heartbeat is slower than normal. And I know like athletes' hearts are slower and I used to be pretty athletic when I was younger, but I'm not some super athlete. I'm not LeBron James or something, but I'm not Usain Bolt. But uh, when I was in high school, I had an irregular heartbeat to the point where they hooked me up to an EKG when I was awake, and my heartbeat was 32 beats per minute. The American record, I was told at the time, was some high school wrestler in the 70s, was 27 beats per minute. So pretty slow heart rate. So I think I'm too chill sometimes. I remember when I used to go out for hosting stuff on TV. They'd always be like, can you pick up the energy a little bit? And I'm like, yeah, I got you. And I was always a little bit too chill. So I think a good call is listening to me on 1.5 speed. I think I sound better that way. All right. Let's get into a couple of fun things. And then I'm going to start whining like a bitch. Just so you guys know, I'm going to whine like a little baby. I don't know. So... Here's uh, something I jotted down. I think that was pretty funny. 
Uh, my son's first birthday, my son turns one on January 31st, and so we're having a big birthday party for him on January 26th. And my wife, uh, if anyone, I'm sure most none of you know my wife, but my wife is awesome. But her and her mom, they love to go all out for parties. They love to have themes. They're really good about like making their own decorations, and it looks great. And people are always like, "Did you guys like hire someone to make all these decorations for your party?" I'm like, "No, just my wife and her family." So, anyways, the theme for my son's first birthday is dinosaurs. So my wife, Christy, my angel, hi, babe. She's not listening to this. I don't think she's listened to one yet. Um, You're the best. I love you so much. Is she there? She's not. Hello? Hello, Christy? Are you there? She's not. So she has been buying dinosaur, like toy dinosaurs from people online. And so one guy, (laughs) it's just so funny, such a first world problem. She tells me the other day, Hey, so that package I just got, um, there's supposed to be 15 to 16 dinosaurs in there, but I only got, I think she got 12 or something. And she's like, what should I do? And I'm like, fucking tell that person, give me my other dinosaurs. <laughs> Isn't that the most first world problem ever? Where, where the fuck are my dinosaurs at? I paid for a certain amount of toy dinosaurs and I'm only getting a shitload of them, but I'm not getting a fucking shitload of them. I ordered a fucking shitload. Where's all my dinosaurs? So... Christy, I told her, I'm like, yeah, tell that guy, like, hey, this your ad said this, and that's what I ordered, and whatever. I don't know. I don't even know. She's ordering on some app or something. So she did, and then the guy wrote back something like, oh, sorry about that. We, uh, yeah, I just, I just actually, I see the dinosaurs, the extra dinosaurs right here. He made up some weird fucking story about where he found the extra, like, four to five dinosaurs. And then he he's, makes it a point to tell my wife, um... Yeah, I'm going to send him back. Uh, I'm not making any money on this deal, but I just wanted you to be happy. I put that in quotes because that's what she told me. Just wanted you to be happy. It's like, dude, go fucking make something of yourself, bro. You know what I mean? Like, was this guy going to buy a new house with the, you know, kids' old dinosaurs toy sale? Was he like, oh, I'm going to sell my kids' old toy dinosaurs, and then we'll have fucking $8 million, and we'll go buy that Malibu beach house. Like, what is this guy's deal? Get a fucking life, bro. I'm not going to make anything on this deal. On this deal of what? You sent fucking four. You're supposed to send 16 dinosaurs. You sent 12. And my wife is like, where are the other four? And you're like, oh, okay, okay. I guess I'll pay for the shipping on that too. Yeah, dude, you'll fucking pay for the shipping on that too. You didn't send what the fuck you sent you were going to send, you, what you said you are going to send. So this kind of actually ties into what I'm going to whine about later. But I thought that was funny. I love people who, and when I say I love, I'm being sarcastic. The, the type of people who kind of, you know, I know I'm going to use like strong language, but they wrong somebody else, not saying this guy is the worst guy in the world for doing this to my wife with the dinosaur sale, but someone who like messes up, they messed up, you didn't mess up, you, you're you just trying to you know do everything right, and then they make you feel bad about their mistake, you know what I mean, like, and it, here's, a, here's a more exaggerated example, I had a buddy once, Chris Barrett, look him up, fucking sack of shit, this guy played football at USC, supposed to play in the NFL, he would have played in the NFL if he didn't keep getting hurt, I was close buddies with this guy for a few years, and at one point, this guy lent my mom, no, lent my mom, I'm saying that wrong, my mom lent him money, he said he needed money, I was hanging out with this guy all the time, he was coming to all my shows at the time, we were buddies, 
you know what I mean? Like, he was going through a breakup. I was there for him, and, like, he was there for me. Like, well, I mean, I think he was, but I don't know when I was, was going through shit with my ex. Anyways, Chris Barrett, dude. This guy supposed to be my buddy, and my mom lent him money, and my mom totally cool. was like, hey, if you ever have, you know, like, they wrote up a whole little deal, like, oh, pay me back this. And he's like, oh, I could easily pay you back $500 a month or whatever it was. And my mom was like, yeah, it's kind of a lot, you know? If, if you can only pay me back, like, 200 or 300 or 150 like or whatever just let me know she's like as long as you're paying me as long as i know like you're paying me not a big deal right and he was like oh yeah totally no you know and my mom told him she said hey look chris just don't don't like basically she didn't say this because she didn't know the terminology but she's like don't go ghost on me like don't don't basically just stop responding to me and at the time i don't think ghosting was a, a term um so he's like oh yeah of course what happened First month, he borrowed money from his sister to pay my mom back. Second month, he asked me if he could borrow money from me to pay my mom back, which is like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? You're going to borrow money from the same family to pay the same family back? Like, I don't think so. Not like my mom and I have a joint bank account, but what, a, what kind of fucking weird logic does that make? My point is, uh, he ended up fucking acting like me and my mom were the dicks. You know what I mean? Like, I ended up, like, this guy would, we were buddies, right? Like, we would hang out, we would text all day, whatever, like, we were close. And then all of a sudden, he just stopped texting me back, of course, was ignoring my mom. And I was like, yo, dude, like, what's going on with you and my mom? You know, like, I was touring a lot this time, and I'm just like, hey, man, like, my mom's, like, just like, hey, what's what's up with Chris? Like, you won't even get back to me. I'm like, yo, dude, can you just get back to my mom? Like, she doesn't care if you can't pay her the full amount. You can just pay her some of it. And he was just, and he just would ghost me. And I'm like, all of a sudden, this guy who would get back, to, like, we talked all day, every day. All of a sudden, wouldn't get back to me. And then he was just like, you know, I'm like really busy right now, okay? Like, you don't understand. And it's all about, like, oh, you don't understand what I'm going through. So my point is, people suck, dude. And they just want to be like, oh, you don't, you don't get what I'm going through? What I'm going through means more than anything. It's like, oh, I'm fucking your mom over, who was super nice to lend me money so I could get this apartment. And I really needed the money and no one else would lend it to me. Well, I'm going to just fucking not even be respectful and respond to your mom, even though I owe her money, even though she's the coolest person ever. And she's not fucking even trying to like demand all the money. She just wants me to stay in contact with her. But I'm going to pretend your mom's a bitch. It's like, so anyways, people stink. I think you guys get it. All right. Moving on. That guy sucks. Fucking whatever. He reached out to me years later. like, yo, dude, was happy for your success, bro. Oh, are you dead? Fucking suck a dick. I don't fucking like you. All right. So um, my other podcast, the ENG podcast, with my buddy Ian, which is a lot of fun. We've had a lot of success with it. If you guys uh, don't listen to that, uh, it's pretty fun. We, we mostly, you know, it kind of got big. We watched The Bachelor and we talk about The Bachelor. We also talk about a bunch of other stuff and it's a lot of fun. It's more, it's it's better than me just rambling. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, this is different, but, you know, I'm going to start to have guests on this show and everything i have a lot of fun stuff coming down the pike i want you guys to know about got my buddy thomas who's down to come on uh as a comedian he's also bi-gender which is like transgender sort of he's kind of explained it to me anyways i think that'll be a very interesting conversation i have all sorts of like a very eclectic group of friends you know what i mean from what i do so I want to bring all these people on. I'm going to bring on people who aren't even comedians or actors. like people I just think are interesting. Because um, uh, I think people are interesting. I think when we take a step back and get out of our own fucking world, I think it's fun to listen to what other people's lives are like because we're all constantly consumed with our own world. So anyways, my point is, my buddy and I, we do this podcast, and a lot of it is about The Bachelor, 
So um, I was catching up on The Bachelor because I'm stuck in Seattle. I'll get to that in a second. I'm stuck in Seattle um, tonight. So I'm in this hotel room and I was like, man, I need to finish watching the episode from last night. So tomorrow when I'm in Calgary, hopefully if I make it, uh, Ian and I can throw down our podcast, the ENG podcast, and, uh, and we can talk about The Bachelor, right? Because that's something we're covering right now. So this is the only thing I'm going to say, because obviously I'm going to talk about The Bachelor on that other podcast uh, with my buddy. The rose ceremony, when, if you guys don't know, The Bachelor, Bachelorette, there's a rose ceremony like, oh, you get a rose, you get to stay, right? And if you don't get a rose, you got to go home. Okay. So it's a big dramatic, quote, dramatic thing. And um, one thing I noticed watching The Rose Ceremony tonight, they always show a couple, this is The Bachelor, so there's women who are getting the roses. They'll show a couple women who are just like oh, rolling their eyes every time someone gets a rose that they don't get and, you know, moving their head and their head's going all over the place and they're all this body language, all this like very obvious I'm pissed off body language. And I'm watching that and like, I feel like most people watch that going like, oh, why can't they just keep it together? They look like such idiots, right? I would totally be the person that could not keep their emotions together. My dad's like that. I'm like that. We, I just, I wear my emotional, even if I was trying to keep my emotions intact, you could still see it on my face. I would just be like super still and you could tell this guy's pissed off. So that's my one little nugget, little teaser for the ENG podcast. If anybody listens to this and the ENG podcast, but, uh, yeah, I would definitely be pissed off if some jack off was getting a rose instead of me. And I know that guy sucks and it's like, that guy's fake and I'm not fake. Like I would be like rolling my eyes and flipping my hands in the air and pissed off about it. So, okay. All right. This is why I am stuck in Seattle. I don't care if this podcast is 20 minutes long or an hour and 20 minutes long. So, I flew to Seattle from Southern California, and then I was supposed to jump on a plane from there to Calgary, and then I was supposed to do a show in Calgary tonight at the Comedy Cave. I'll be at the Comedy Cave all week. It's supposed to be the 15th through the 20th. Now, apparently, it's going to be the 16th through the 20th because I didn't make it to Calgary tonight. So not only is my show canceled in Calgary, and I'm sure I'm getting docked pay because why would I get paid for a show I didn't do? Um, this, is what, this is what pissed me off. I'm flying Alaska Airlines. I barely ever fly Alaska Airlines. You know why? Fuck Alaska Airlines. I fucking hate Alaska Airlines. They stink. And I hate them more now. All right? So here's what happened. We get on the plane in Seattle. We're flying to Calgary. We're sitting on the tarmac, and the pilot gets on the thing. We're not moving. We're not going out. We're not flying yet. And he goes, hey, guys, uh... Yeah, we're going to, you know, maybe push off here in a second, but it's taken a while because we don't know if we have like the right equipment basically to land in Calgary. There's a lot of like weather issues there. He's like, we might need to switch planes, right? He says, we might need to switch planes. Guess what, everybody? If they told me and everybody else on the plane, like, hey, you guys down to switch planes so we can fucking get to Calgary? Everybody would have raised their hand and been like, yeah, I'm down to fucking switch planes. Let's fucking, I just want to get to Calgary. I need to get there to either be in Calgary because that's where I live or that's where I'm going or that's where my next flight is to go to somewhere else like this chick next to me who's going to Liberia. Anyways, so the, the pilot eventually, after sitting on the fucking tarmac for 40, 45 minutes, goes, yeah, hey, we're going to take off. Yeah, we're good. We're good to go. No worries, right? All right, cool. No worries. So we're good to go, right? So there's no worries. He's like, yeah, weather's fine. We'll be able to land in Calgary. Great. 
So we take off, we fly to Calgary, then the pilot gets on the thing hour and a half later, out, like hour later maybe, and he goes, hey guys, uh, we're right over Calgary, a lot of fog, a lot of fog going on in Calgary. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, like are we going to land in Calgary? Yeah, maybe, we'll check, we'll see, we're going to hover, we're going to hover over Calgary for a while, see if we have the fuel to, you know, hover over and then maybe the, the, the weather will clear and we can land. And at the whole time I'm like, I'm... If we have, we're either going to land and I'm going to get picked up and go straight to my show or we're not going to land, I'm fucked, right? So long story short, what happens? Ah, guys, we're going to have to go back to Seattle. We're going to fly you back to Seattle. So we flew back to Seattle after sitting on the tarmac an extra 45, 50 minutes. Then we flew to Calgary. Then we're over Calgary. Then the pilot says, after saying we could land in Calgary, oh, we can't land in Calgary. And he takes us back all the way to Seattle. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you guys, whoever's listening. I meditate. I fucking, it helps me. I stay like more centered. Big picture has been my thing for like years. I've also got a tattoo that says the big picture because I'm all about like moments like that. Just being like, hey, what's the big picture? Is your life great? It's fine. Don't get all fucking hung up on this shitty day or the shitty moment, right? So i'm like i'm fine i'm like hey you know what even if i miss the show it is what it is shit happens if life was perfect then life would be perfect and then you wouldn't even know the ups and downs you know you gotta have the gotta have the downs you can have the ups right and this isn't even that big of a down so i was like whatever so he takes us back to seattle i get in line for you know everybody's in line now at alaska airlines trying to figure out oh what's going on i i hear i'm i hear this guy right business guy i love business guys you know what i mean because i'm not them at all but i love them this business guy i hear him talking to one of the alaska people going hey you know and he's just reiterating stuff that i heard so it's like reminding me because i honestly did not remember he goes hey he goes you know i get that like you know weather and everything is an issue but you know um you know planes can land in fog and he goes and i my boss was on a Delta flight, landed like ex- almost exact same time we were supposed to land. So if our flight took off on time, we would have landed. We would have been fine. And he's like, and he's giving all these examples of the shit. And this is the thing too. I know this personally because I fly a lot. If an airline, I'm sure some of you know this. I'm sure some of you don't know this. If you are delayed or you have to come back or anything, like anything is fucked up with your flight. If it's because of a maintenance issue or because of a, any issue, the airline is technically like responsible and they have to put you up for the night and they have to like be like, oh, we're sorry, like here's some vouchers. If it's weather, if it's quote unquote weather, quote unquote weather, then technically they're like, oh, it's fucking in God's hands. You know what I mean? We can't control the weather. What do we? We're just an airline. We can't control the weather, right? So what airlines do is they lie. And they say it's the weather, even if it's not the weather. And like the fact that other planes were landing in Calgary the same time that we were being told we couldn't land in Calgary because of the weather. Well, obviously we couldn't land in Calgary because of something other than the weather because other planes were landing in Calgary and they're in the fucking same weather, right? So they're basically lying to us saying it was the weather so they can get out of shit. So by the time I got up to the front, I was like, hey... Um, you know, and I always feel bad cause it's like the gate agent or the, or the, or the, you know, customer service agent, they didn't, they didn't have anything to do with anything. They just have to deal with all these angry people. So I felt bad. So I'm always like super calm and some dude. And I said, Hey, I go, you know, 
I was actually supposed to work in Calgary tonight. I'm out that money. I'm going to not get paid that money now. And um, so just like, what are you guys going to do? And she's like, oh, well, um, you know, I, I'm sure we can like put you up for the night and all this stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. And then the lady next to her goes, no, it's weather. So like, we're not, we're not putting anyone up. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, we're not putting you up. I go, what do you mean? Like, not only am I out, what I was supposed to get paid tonight, but also you're not even going to like pay for like lodging. Like usually they like put you up, even if it's a shitty place, they'll put the airline, will put you up somewhere. Right. Cause they didn't fly you where they told you they were going to go fly you. So they didn't put me up and I was like, so I have to pay for my own hotel. And they're just like, yeah. And then I was like, uh, okay. I talked to a supervisor. Supervisor was like, all I can do is give you like 12 bucks for food. 12 bucks for food. I was like, uh, okay. And so, so they put me on it. This is the thing that's, this is where it gets real crazy, real crazy, real weird. They put me on a Delta flight. So this is Alaska airlines. They put me on a Delta flight the next morning. Okay. So tomorrow I'm supposed to fly out 9:45 AM on Delta. So I go, where do I pick up my bag? And they're like, Oh, do you need your bag? And I'm like, yeah, I need my bag because, uh, it's got all my stuff in it. Cause I, this is the thing, guys. I don't usually check a bag. A long time ago, Pablo Francisco, when I was opening for him, was like, comics don't check bags. So I barely ever check a bag. But I'm, I'm supposed to be in Calgary. I was supposed to be in there tonight, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday because I'm doing a private event on Monday. And then I come home Tuesday. So like a full seven days. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just pay to check my bag. I never check my bag. I barely, barely ever check my bag, right? So I pay to check my bag. So they go, go to Delta after this and make sure you get like your seat and everything and then go to baggage claim, get your bag. So I walk all the way to Delta. There's a different terminal. Talk to this lady. She was like, oh, they didn't even give you a ticket. So I had to deal with that. So Alaska fucked that up. They said they gave me a ticket. They didn't give me a ticket. So I got a ticket at Delta. took a while. Then I go down to baggage claim. I find my bag. My bag is broken. Guys, they broke my fucking bag. My bag, by the way, um, it's not the best suitcase in the world. It was a nice suitcase. It's Tommy Bahama. Um, I got it for my wedding. It was a gift from a family friend, the Eisens. They got me and my wife this luggage that we wanted. It was on like our, um, what do you call that thing? The registry. And uh, anyway, my point is, it's, real, it's a nice bag. It's not the nicest bag you could ever have, but it's a, it's a big, nice bag, right? Broken. My bag wasn't even sort of fucked up. That's the thing. It wasn't like, oh, I had a little thing and it got worse. They fucked up my bag, right? My bag is broken. My shit is fucking like falling out of it. And I was like, are you serious? So I was like keeping it cool, guys. I'm going to be honest. I was keeping it pretty cool. I'm like, hey, this happens. No big deal. Whatever. It's not the end of the world. And once I saw my broken bag, I was like, fuck this, dude. Like, I don't care how much meditation. I was not having it. So I fucking go up to these two ladies and I say, excuse me, my bag is broken. I go, first, you guys, fly me to Calgary. Let me hover over where I'm supposed to be. Then you fly me back. You say it's the weather. It's obviously not the weather because other planes are landing there. I go, then you don't pay for my hotel room tonight because you're saying it's the weather, even though we all know it's not the weather. And now my bag is broken. And they were like, they didn't even say sorry. They just go, oh, well, we can either give you... um." They go, we can give you another bag, 
And I go, you're going to give me this bag? Because in my head, I'm like, yeah, if you'll replace this bag, fine. That's very good. That's very good customer service. I have this Tommy Bahama bag. It's an it's from the Mojito collection. I know I sound like a total douche right now, but I have this Tommy Bahama bag from the Mojito collection. It's the big one. If you'll give me that bag, yeah, fucking let's do it. And I'm like, oh, you'll give me this bag? And she's like, oh, not that bag, but just like a bag that's the same size. I'm like, um, what's the quality of that bag going to be? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I doubt it's going to be as good a quality, right? And again, guys, my bag is not the top of the line best piece of luggage ever to exist but it's better than shitty luggage it's better than like that luggage you see at fucking tj maxx or marshall's thrown all over the floor with fucking women's size triple f bras you know what i mean so i was like uh yeah no if you're not gonna replace this bag i'm not gonna get another bag i go what am i supposed to do anyways i'm supposed to carry around two big ass pieces of luggage and they're like oh no no we would need this bag i'm like i get so i give you my fucking bag and you give me a shitty bag that's a horrible deal like that is such a bad deal i think i'd probably better just like pay money to like fix the fucking bag that you broke and she goes, or we can give you 4,000 miles on our airline. 4,000 miles. I know that might sound like a lot if you don't fly a lot. But if you do fly a lot, you realize that's nothing. 4,000 miles on Alaska? Go fuck yourself. So then, And then she goes, or we can give you $125 on Alaska credit? And I'm like, I don't fly Alaska very often. Like You guys are rarely the airline I need to fly. And I go, I don't fly very often. I go, if it's lifetime, like if I have that $125 to use whenever it happens to come up, she's like, but I knew it wasn't. The reason I asked because I know it's only a year. She goes, no, it's only for a year. I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to use it because I don't fly you guys because you guys suck. And then she was like, I didn't say because you guys suck. I wasn't being that rude. And then uh, so basically she was like, well, there's nothing we can do for you then. Like She was like, she didn't give a fuck. This lady didn't give one fuck. Then I walk away and I hear this fucking other lady I was talking to with her laughing. Turn around, see them laughing at me. Guys, I did not like that at all. I walk back. I say, excuse me, miss. What's your name? To the other lady. She goes, oh, my name is Micah. I say, okay, Micah, you about to fucking lose your job, bitch. Don't fucking laugh at me after you guys fuck up my bag, make me pay for my own hotel, fly me to Calgary just to hover over the shit, and then fly back. That's not cool, right? So here's my thing. Customer service isn't open 24-7, so what I have to do is wait till tomorrow to call. I called already, and they were like, oh, we don't deal with this. You got I called the 24-hour line. They're like, you got to talk to customer service. So I have to wait to talk to customer service. Customer service, um, I'm going to tell them this. I paid to check that bag. Let me, guys, let me know what you think. Email me. It's in the show notes, the Jeff Keith Show at gmail.com. I paid $30 to check that bag. Shouldn't they reimburse me for that $30, right? Also, I don't know if I mentioned this yet because I've been a little buzzed off the, the Cabernet Yellowtail that I got from 7-Eleven. But um, they're not paying for my check. I, I don't think I mentioned this yet. They're not paying for my check bag on Delta. They rebooked me on a Delta flight, and Delta is going to be like, oh, you want to check a bag? You have to pay. So I have to pay again. I have to pay again the same fee I paid on fucking alaska to check my bag that they broke i have to pay that fee again for fucking delta to fly my bag i paid that fee from from la to all the way to calgary now i have to pay it from from fucking seattle to calgary on a different airline because delta's like yeah we didn't fucking get your fee so i told i told them at the airport i go you guys gonna pay that they're like oh we don't we don't know anything about that so it's like what so I, I'm, I'm i'm gonna pay 60 dollars now to fucking get my bag broken to be flown to Calgary when I should have gotten not broken and to Calgary for 30 bucks. So 
that's where I'm at, guys. I got tomorrow. I have to call them and try and get all that shit. I don't think they're going to reimburse me for this hotel. I don't think they give a shit. I think Alaska Airlines sucks ass. You know what I mean? I think if there was like a bunch of asses in front of them and Alaska Airlines was a mouth with lips, they'd just start sucking all the asses because Alaska Airlines sucks ass. I can't stand them, man. It's a bad airline. Like people shit on Southwest and I barely ever fly Southwest anymore. Southwest takes care of you. If they fuck up, or even if they don't fuck up, if you if you fuck up, if you're like, hey, I, I shouldn't have booked this flight. I don't know why I booked this. They're like, you know what? You get all the money you paid for this. Every single cent you paid for that flight. If your flight costs $168, they're like, you have $168 now in Southwest Bucks, and you can put them towards a future flight. And they don't charge you a change fee. Like Southwest takes care of you. Southwest has two bags fly free, which I'd never check two bags, but it's good to know that you could check one bag. It's like, how is Southwest kicking Alaska's ass? Alaska sucks. So if you like Alaska Airlines, I don't know what your problem is, but you have not flown another airline. Alaska Airlines sucks ass. Their customer service is garbage. So anyways, man, I feel like people in this shitty hotel I'm at can hear me. I don't know what's going on. Um, all right. So that's what's going on with that. And the last thing, this is why it's not getting to me. This is why, even though it's annoying and everything, it's not getting to me. My baby boy, my little son, Levi, Levi Solomon Keith. I told this dude when I left today, when I kissed him goodbye, I said, Levi, I'll be back in a week. Don't walk until I'm back. Okay. My son's 11 months old. He's going to be a year old on January 31st. And I said, Levi, I could tell you're close. Just wait for me to get back. What did this guy do? He walked today. My son walked today. Probably my last child ever, unless some, you know, my doctor messed up my vasectomy. My last child ever walked today. And I missed it, but... I couldn't be prouder of my little man. He's been standing for so long by himself and just staring at me and staring at my wife and staring at my daughter and uh and I knew he could do it and he did it. And he and he and he's grounded. Fuck what the fuck, man. I told him I go, dude, don't walk until I get back. I literally said that to him. I kissed him goodbye. I said, Levi, I know you're close. Don't walk until I get back. Just wait for me to take your steps. And then he walks today. He didn't even wait like a couple of days. I'm going to be gone all week. This guy couldn't wait three days and then walk in the middle of the week. And it's like, oh, well, I walked on Friday. You know what I mean? No, he walked today. So um, overall, big picture, my life is fine. Um, another thing I'll say real quick, too. First off, I love my son, Levi, the best. But um, The Bachelor, if you guys don't listen to the ENG podcast, I do with my buddy Ian. Listen to that. Uh, we have a lot of fun over there. And uh, please uh, take literally 10, 15 seconds and just rate this podcast five stars. Um, I'm going to start having a lot of cool guests. I'm trying to just build content right now and everything. And then I'll have, I'm going to start having a lot of cool guests on. I've already started to line them up. Hopefully this week while I'm in Canada, I can get a lot done. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, The Bachelor. One thing I like about this Bachelor, uh, so far the season is very boring, very, very boring. But this guy, Colton, is very into cystic fibrosis. Um, that's his, like, a charity that he works with. 
and cystic fibrosis anyone who knows me is very it's been very close to me very since i've been alive very near and dear to my heart i have a close family friend with cf we, i've known a lot of people with cf and um it's uh, if you don't know what cystic fibrosis is which a lot of people don't it's a shitty shitty disease and just to give you an example my friend when she was born her life expectancy i think was 18 years old and now I believe she's about 30. And they, my point is they keep making, um, they're making strides. They're finding cures. They found a cure for like 5 to 10% of the cases. They did not find a cure for the for the type of CF that my friend has. And um, I'm not going to ask for anything yet as far as donations to this podcast because I want to start really getting in the groove and putting out a lot of content so it's worth your time and getting a lot of interviews going and bringing a lot of different people to the podcast right now it's just me messing around um you know talking but uh eventually when i do i'm going to give 20 percent of all donations to cf because i give to them every year and uh this is a way for me to to give as much as possible so um at some point I'll put that in the show notes or whatever, like where you can donate, but not yet. I really want to prove to you guys I'm going to put out a bunch of content and I'm going to be consistent and bring you guys good stuff. So anyways, um, I'm going to find another motivational speech to put at the end of this because honestly, I put that Denzel one at the last uh, podcast. And like what, when you, I don't know if you guys have ever done anything like this, but when you're just sitting here talking to a mic, I mean, I talk in front of audiences all the time and I could tell if they like it or not because they're laughing and they're clapping or they're not. So I could tell. Um, but it's really cool. People actually hit me up on social media if you want. Social media, Twitter, Instagram is uh, at Jeff Keith, G-E-O-F-F-K-E-I-T-H. That's G-E-O-F-F-K-E-I-T-H. And um, I had people hit me up and they were like, hey, Thank you so much for putting that Denzel motivational speech uh, in or Denzel thing in your last podcast. I really needed it that day. And that's the reason I did it because some of you guys might be like rolling your eyes like, oh, okay, whatever, some motivational shit. I don't need this. But that stuff puts you in a good mood, man. You know what I mean? It, 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 it helps you think about what you're doing and it puts you in a good mood. And I've never, ever listened to any of those. And there's a lot of them and felt worse. I've always felt better. So... Um, I really, I, I, it meant a lot to me just from the couple people I heard from that said like, oh, that was really cool to put that in. So I'm going to put in another one right now. And, uh, thank you guys for listening. Check out the show notes, email me the Jeff Keith show at gmail.com and, uh, social media at Jeff Keith. All right, guys, I'm in Calgary, hopefully the rest of this week. So if you're in Calgary, if you're in Canada, if you know anyone, let them know I'm at the comedy cave the 16th through the 20th now 16th through the 20th the 15th was tonight and it didn't happen all right uh thanks for listening guys appreciate it please rate the podcast five stars how many times did i say that too many probably too many all right here's it comes a motivational speech i went to college i went and worked out five hours a day and I was working on construction because in those days in bodybuilding there was no money. We didn't, I didn't have the money for food supplements or anything. So I had to go to work. So I worked on construction. I went to college. I worked out in the gym and at night from 8 o'clock at night to 12 midnight I went to acting class four times a week. So I did all of that 
there was not one single minute that I wasted. And this is why I'm standing here today. With the age of 20, I went to London and I won the Mr. Universe contest as the youngest Mr. Universe ever. And it was because I had a goal. You see, if you don't have a vision of where you go, and if you don't have a goal where you go, you drift around and you never end up anywhere. 74% hate their job in America. The majority of people don't like what they're doing because they're really not doing it because they didn't have a goal and they followed this goal. They just aimlessly drift around and then all of a sudden there's a job opening so they get that job because you have to work. But then when you work, it's a chore. It's work. It's not fun. So if you think about only a quarter of the people really enjoy what they're doing in life. So people always ask me, when they saw me in the gym in the pumping iron days, they said, why is it that you're working out so hard? Five hours a day, six hours a day, and you have always a smile on your face. The others are working out just as hard as you do, and they look sour in the face. Why is that? And I told people all the time, I said, because to me, I'm shooting for a goal. In front of me is the Mr. Universe title. So every rep that I do gets me closer to accomplishing that goal, to make this goal, this vision turn into reality. Every single set that I do, every repetition, every weight that I lift will get me a step closer to turn this goal into reality. So I couldn't wait to do another 500 pound squat. I couldn't wait to do another 500 pound bench press. I couldn't wait to do another 2,000 reps of sit-ups. I couldn't wait for the next exercise. So let me tell you something, visualizing your goal and going after it makes it fun. You've got to have a purpose no matter what you do in life. You've got to have a purpose. And Muhammad Ali worked his butt off. And I saw it firsthand. And I remember that there was a sports rider that was there in the gym and he was working out and he was doing sit-ups. And they asked him, how many sit-ups do you do? And he said, I don't start counting until it hurts. Now think about that. He doesn't start counting his sit-ups until he feels pain. That's when he starts counting. That is working hard. And so you can't get around the hard work. It doesn't matter who it is. Work your ass off. There is no magic bill. There is no magic out there. You cannot get around. You have to work and work and work. Make sure of this and make sure of that and all that stuff. So it's work. And it drives me crazy when people say that they don't have enough time to go to the gym for 45 minutes a day and work out. Or to do something for 45 minutes to an hour a day to improve. If it is physically improved or if it is mentally to improve. Imagine you read one hour a day about history. How much you will learn after 365 hours in one year. Think about if you study about the history of musicians, of composers, how much you would know. 
Imagine if you would work on the business and some business that you want to develop every day for an hour. Imagine how further along you will go and get. So it drives me nuts because we have, when people say we don't have the time, we have 24 hours a day. We sleep six hours a day. So it gives you still 18 hours. So there's someone shaking their head out here in front to say probably, I don't sleep six hours, I sleep eight hours, right? Or just sleep faster. So we have 18 hours a day. The average person works around eight to 10 hours. So let's assume it's 10 hours. So if you have eight hours left, then you travel around an hour a day, maybe two hours a day. So now you have still six hours left. So what do you do with the six hours? What do you do with the six hours? Then we eat a little bit, maybe schmooze a little bit, talk a little bit to people and all that stuff. But you can see how much time there is available if you organize your day. So you got to work hard. I hate plan B. <laughs> and I tell you why. Because we have so many doubters, as I've said earlier, the, the no-sayers. We have so many of those people that say no and you can't do it, that's impossible. That is okay because we just turn off, as I said earlier, and we listen and we hear the no being a yes, you can't do it, do it, you can do it, and all of that. So that, that is possible to do that amongst all the negative people around you. But when you start doubting yourself, that's very dangerous. Because now what you're basically saying is, is that if my plan doesn't work, I have a fallback plan. I have a plan B. And that means that you start thinking about plan B and every thought that you put into plan B, you're taking away now that thought and that energy from plan A. And it's very important to understand that we function better if there is no safety net. Because plan B becomes a safety net. It says that if I fail, then I fall and I get picked up and I have something else there that will, that will protect me. And that's not good. Because people perform better when there's no safety net. People perform better in sports and everything else if you don't have a plan B. I'm telling you, I've never ever had a plan B. I say I made a full commitment that I'm going to go and be a bodybuilding champion. I made a full commitment that I'm going to be in America. I made a full commitment that I'm going to get in the show business and I'm going to be a leading man. No matter what it takes, I will do the work. I will do the work over and over and over until I get it. And the same was in politics and everything like that. So to me, it is very dangerous to have a plan B because you're cutting yourself off from the chance of really succeeding. And the reason, one of the main reasons why people want to have a plan B is because they are worried about failing. What is if I fail, then I don't have anything else? Well, let me tell you something. Don't be afraid of failing 
because there's nothing wrong with failing. You have to fail in order to climb that ladder. There's no one that doesn't fail. Michael Jordan said in one of his interviews, when they said, you are unbelievable, you're the greatest basketball player of all times. I mean, tell me about that. And he says, well, you're just mentioning the successes. But he says, for me to become the greatest basketball player, I missed 9,000 shots when I was playing basketball at the NBA games. So during these games that he was so successful, he missed 9,000 shots. Does it make him a failure? No. He's one of the greatest basketball players of all times, but he failed 9,000 times. Do you get it? We all fail. It's okay. What is not okay is that when you fail, you stay down. Whoever stays down is a loser. And winners will fail and get up. Fail and get up. Fail and get up. You always get up. That is a winner. That is a winner. I failed in bodybuilding. I lost bodybuilding competitions. I lost powerlifting competitions. I lost weightlifting competitions. I had movies that went in the toilet and that were terrible and got the worst reviews. And in politics, I remember, I had many of the initiatives on the ballot and we lost. My approval rating in California went down to 28%. And then it went back up again and they won again the governorship. Hey, we all lose. We all have losses. This is okay. And this is why I say don't be worried about losing because when you're afraid of losing, then you get frozen. You get stiff. You're not relaxed. You got to be in order to perform well in anything, if it's in boxing or if it is on your job or with your thinking, it's only happening when you relax. So relax. It's okay to fail. Let's just go all out and give it everything that you got. That's what it is all about. So don't be afraid to fail. Thanks for letting to my daddy.